0: Since everyone has a gender journey, Gender Journeys is a podcast for everyone. That being said, we occasionally touch on mature themes and use strong language, so listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Gender Journeys, the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context. As always, I am one of your hosts, Josie, and I am joined by your other host, my lovely partner, Elle. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Alright, so what are we talking about on the podcast this week?
1: Y'all, the end of the year is coming, or just, is this, or we're doing a Christmas episode too, right? We're doing a Christmas <laughs> episode. Okay. Y'all, the year just ended. As you might be aware, 2020 is behind us. Gotta be real, it's not behind us while we're recording this, so that's very odd to say, but it's almost behind us now, and by the time you're listening, 2020 has finally come to an end. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Hopefully there's a vaccine scheduled for you. I hope that you're doing well in the grand year of 2021. I hope that saying shit like that doesn't go like how it did at the end of 2019 anyway.
0: (laughs) We are sending good vibes from the past. Josie is sending good vibes to future Josie, who is editing this podcast.
1: <laughs> yeah, It's going to be a rough one, because I don't know if y'all can tell from my voice, from my giggles, this is going to be, this is going to be a me centered episode. Let's get hype. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody who's ever talked to me even one singular time knows that I read a lot. Yes.
0: Anybody who's listened to this podcast knows you read a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um and every year I do a reading challenge with Goodreads, which I strongly suggest. Goodreads is by far from a perfect website, but it is fantastic, and it is better than anything else out there. Probably because it's owned by Amazon, so it eats any competitors. That's not the conversation we're here to have today. <laughs> anyway, I do a book challenge every year, and in twenty eighteen, wow, I read a hundred books in twenty eighteen was the first year that I took this really seriously, and I really nonchalantly at the beginning of 2018 was like, I'm going to read 100 books, because that just sounded like a really nice number, right? And then I realized, that's a lot of books in a year, y'all. It's about two and a half a week. Um, Let me do the math for you real quick. (laughs) It
0: it was a time.
1: Yeah, so I read 100 books. I think I read like 104 in 2018. (laughs) It was so
0: hard. It was so much. I did read more (laughs) than I set out to.
1: (laughs) Yes. And that year I also didn't read, like, I didn't read any graphic novels, I didn't read any manga, not because I was like, that's not good enough for me, but I just, I wasn't into it yet, I didn't read any, I read, like, long sci-fi books, I don't know, y'all, I had a really cushy job. <laughs> <laughs> um, then 2019, I didn't read that many books, I read 45 books in 2019, I can tell you, because I have my Goodreads challenge. And then this year... I didn't want to like push myself because like I felt really bad about not reading quote unquote enough in 2019 even though there's no there's no enough like
0: (laughs) and there are people out there who read a book a month and are like
1: 45 exactly so like I I I didn't like the energy that I felt around my 45 books that I read in 2019 so for 2020 I was like I'm gonna try to set a reasonable challenge we don't have to talk about what that reasonable challenge was if we don't want to it was 60. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, but then the quarantine happened, let me tell you, and then we just, we went off, right? So I'm now, it's about two weeks before the end of the year as I'm recording this, and I'm at 108 books that I've read so far. And also, just if we want to do a little bit more math, that does mean that I've read an average of more than a book a week for the last three years, which is a statistic that I'm pretty proud of. That's, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, this time I convinced Josie to let me just go through my books that I've read this year and tell you about all the gay ones.
0: Yes, so we're going to talk about all the gay oh, ones. it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a special focus on gender. Yes,
1: yeah, kind of so ones. gay and, and gender, and gender, specifically um, non-cis ones. Though I haven't read as many non-cis ones. There are not many. There are not, are not as many non-cis books out there as there are gay romances. And I read a lot of gay romances. Yeah. I mean, like, romances, yes, but also, like, YA uh, rom com romances is something I read a lot of. Part of the way that I convinced your other dear, dear host to let me do this is I also feel like after our last, last episode, if any of that resonated with you, maybe it hasn't been the easiest couple of weeks. And you know what? You deserve a Christmas present for yourself, too. So if any of these books sound good, there's no better Christmas present than a book
0: that's true in my that's, humble opinion that's an objective fact thank
1: you so feel free to take this also as a gift buying list for yourself or for your friends but mostly for yourself especially because christmas is already gone by the time this is up so mm-hmm. <laughs> all right shall we dive in uh, let's
0: go let's do it Okay. Okay. <laughs> and actually sorry one more moment before we dive all uh-huh. the way in uh-huh. find, find the first book you to talk about but i wanted to point out we previously have done a uh Representation in media episode where we mentioned that mm-hmm. we'd be willing to do individual book reviews, and now we're about to just dive in and talk about a whole bunch of books at once. Yeah, so
1: so these are not going to be like review reviews. That's going to be the hardship that is Josie trying to edit this. I'm sure as I dive into an individual review for each of them, but we're not. I'm going to try to keep it to like a couple of sentences per, except for a couple of like my favorite books that yeah. I'll give a little bit more in depth. But.
0: If you want to hear the more in-depth parts of other books, if you, like, really are feeling that, reach out to us on social media, Mm -hmm. we have a Twitter, we have a Tumblr, eventually we'll make us an Instagram. Mm -hmm.
1: When we can leave the house and take pretty pictures of anything.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, You can hit us up on Gmail, all of those links are in the description of this podcast episode for you to go ahead and utilize to ask us for more content. But with that out of the way, do you want to start diving in? (laughs) Yes, I do! (laughs) Alright, give it to us.
1: Alright, so I started off the year finishing up one series and reading another collection of books. So I'm just going to talk about those two as the collections that they are. The first series was the Elderling series, which is phenomenal. It is a 16 book, high fantasy series of series. It's actually four series. It's an intimidating set of books.
0: (laughs) It's incredible. But
1: it's incredible and it does have, it has two characters who change their gender. I'm not, I'm not saying that this is a pinnacle of gay literature in any way. (laughs) It's not.
0: I have known several, besides you, non-binary and or gender fluid people who have really connected with The Fool, which is one of the non-binary characters. Which is
1: a little tiny bit of a spoiler, but not that much of a spoiler. I guess that's true. It's not that much. You'll appreciate him even more knowing that he's gender-fluid. Yeah. And then there's another gender-fluid character, only if he manage to get through, like, the first, like, nine books does she come up. So, it's incentive. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other collection of books that I was reading at the beginning of the year is all of the Queer Eye's memoirs. Mm-hmm. They all have books now. All five of them have books, and there's also a Queer Eye collective book for all of them. I
0: forgot that you read all
1: yes I read all I listen to a lot of them because I tend to like listening to audiobook to um memoirs memoirs, which also there are people out there who have judgment against audiobooks and like that's not really reading I'm not one of those I refer to it all as I just I read them yeah I suggest all five of their books some people know that Jonathan Van Ness is not my favorite person in this world nor is he my favorite embodiment of gender-bending, which is true, but his book is fantastic and I still suggest it. Hmm. And um, Anthony only has a cookbook, so I didn't read his because it's a cookbook. That's not really... yeah. But he does have a book. Another book that is kind of at the intersection of feminism and queerness is called Girl, Woman, Other, which even just in that title is not the best necessarily queer representation because it is primarily focused on feminism and it is also it has the intersectionality of being based in the uk and being primarily about women of color particularly black women but it does have one character in it who is a non-binary person though afab um who is phenomenal and i loved hearing their perspective and i also it was one of the first books i ever read that had a character who was um, consistently and continuously gendered they, them. Mm. Uh, you only ever knew sh- that they were AFAB because it's in a book about feminism, so I imagine that they were AFAB. Although, alternatively, that was never really told, so maybe that's my assumption. Yeah. Ooh, a next, the next one is one of our personal favorites. It's Annie on Our Mind. Oh, Annie on Our mi-
0: Annie on My Mind.
1: Yes, it is, but Annie on My Mind is on Our Mind. Ha! <laughs> oh,
0: God, I love Annie on My Mind. I cried.
1: Yeah, it's really good. It's a lesbian romance novel. It's
0: like this. It's like the foundational lesbian romance novel. Yeah. from...
1: It's not happy.
0: Don't it's get me wrong. Not... Well,
1: I guess it is happy, but it's very sad as well. There's happy elements.
0: There's, I mean, any on my mind is. It takes place in the eighties. It was written before the queer
1: revolution. Revolution
0: before queerness was like widely acceptable. Especially,
1: uh, queer sexualities. Especially
0: queer sexualities. Mm-hmm. So, it, like, it is a book about homophobia. It is. And about so But it has an incredible,
1: genuine lesbian love story. Okay, we're not doing re- real reviews. Moving forward. <laughs> I read another one that's basically just a shitty version of Annie on My Mind called Our Own Private Universe. It's much more YA. It's another lesbian romance novel. I suggest it. <laughs> um... Mackenzie Lee is an author that you should look up for a variety of reasons. She's incredible. I didn't read her other books this year, but I have to plug them. Two of the books she wrote were Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue and Lady's Guide to Piracy and Petticoats. I think it's it. Uh-huh. And they are the most hilarious gay rom-coms you will ever read, especially the first one.
0: Yeah. They're also, like, period pieces.
1: Oh, my God. There's a scene where the bi main characters running naked through Versailles that I was listening to on the train, trying not to cry laughing by myself on a public train.
0: <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good series. But what we're, what did you read this year? But about? this
1: one, I, this year I read Loki, uh, Where Mischief Lies, because Mackenzie Lee got the frickin' rights from Marvel to write Loki because she writes really great queer characters. And even Marvel was like, Loki has to be genderqueer. And therefore, in this book, he is genderqueer. She's now writing a comic series about him that mm. I've never read yet, but I suggested. I know it exists. Um, Mackenzie Lee is just an author to know. Loki, Where Mischief Lies was like a really short, quippy, funny book. We're now into March of my reading, so I read a lot of like really just funny, light romances because I couldn't handle a lot else in March 2020. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: These are like books I can actually tell. These are books that I started before the pandemic and ended after the pandemic. And then we're going to move into
0: pandemic reading. Could be an interesting. <sighs> man, it's also, it's a testament to how long this, this terrible, terrible year has been that you're talking about these books. I'm like, you read that this year? Girl, Woman, Other? I was like, I swear you read Girl, Woman, Other three goddamn years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember reading it in the school I worked at. And that just feels like a lifetime ago that I'd actually go work in a school building. Oh boy. I also read What If It's Us, which is another, I know, say it with me, gay romance rom-com. <laughs> it's yeah. YA. It's men this time. It's fantastic. It's set in New York. It's so flamboyant. 10 out of 10. I read Zami, A New Spelling of My Name. I might be mispronouncing that, which is an Audrey Lorde book. So of course it's gay as hell. If you've never read any Audrey Lorde, I strongly suggest it. I still, I have a complicated relationship with Audre Lorde because I don't always 100% buy into her brand of queerness because it is an incredibly binary brand of queerness and it is an incredibly racialized brand of queerness in a way that really is powerful for black women that I've known, but is somewhat ostracizing for me, so I try to like balance the fact that like I don't need to be invited into all spaces, but also this is not my brand of queerness. Yeah. But anyway, you should read some Audrey Lord at the very least. Sure. Honestly, this book that just came up in my reading challenge is called Autobiography, and I couldn't tell you, I don't remember anything about this book, but I do, te- I do know for sure it was a gay romance rom-com YA novel. Oh yeah, 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 one of the guys is Mormon mm-hmm. and then he's also gay and he has to navigate that. It's fantastic.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, another fan favorite. Wishing You All the Best, (gasps) or I Wish You All the Best.
0: We have plugged I Wish You All the Best on this podcast. Mm. I have plugged I Wish You All the Best on my blog. It is a really fantastic book.
1: It is a phenomenal book. Fantastic. Next up, I read a book called Kissing Kate that was a romance rom-com YA. It wasn't very good, though, so I can't suggest it. Then Symptoms of Being Human, which is actively terrible. But if you ever want to read a book about how... At least I don't experience gender fluidity.
0: Go for it. (laughs) Another one that I have used as a counterexample on my blog about writing queer characters, specifically because it is so...
1: Binary. Binary. And it's non-binariness. Yeah. It does do an interesting thing, though, where you do... You never find out the assigned gender of the point of view character who is gender fluid, which is neat. That's something. It's it also fun. involves several like rape scenes, so you know. Yeah, yeah. Be aware, well. and it,
0: it, in case it wasn't clear, it is written by a, a straight dude.
1: <sighs> yep. <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> I also read N.K. Jemisin's Stone Suck guy series, which mm-hmm. has a casual trans character has some gayness, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there there's is there is gayness, there's polyamory, the, the main character is bisexual. Oh, Star-
1: yes, 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 there's a lot of polyamory, it's, towards the, it's in the last book.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't, I know, I'm in the minority here, but I didn't love those books as much as they got um, credit for being loved. I thought they dragged a little bit, but... The first one was really good. The first one was really good, and the last one was really good, the middle one was just like...
0: Yeah. And, I mean, they did win... All of them want a Hugo. Yeah,
1: they, that's what I mean. That's why I know I'm in the minority of not being, like, obsessed with them. But they mm-hmm. were really good. Yeah.
0: And you should read N.K. Jemisin, because N.K. Jemisin is just a fantastic author. Yeah. Um, if you aren't sure that you want to bite off a whole science fantasy, is what I would call Stone... Uh, call yeah, a Broken that Earth That makes sense, yeah. If you don't want to bite off a whole science fantasy series... It is three books. Her... Collection of Short Stories, How Long a Black Future Month, <gasps> is one of the best short story collections I've ever personally read, so I would
1: highly recommend that. That's a fact. That is an incredible short series. I It took me a long time to read, because I couldn't read more than one of them in the same sitting, because they were so powerful, and I felt like it needs to like, close the book one mm-hmm. way, process. Yeah, yeah. Next up, The Catherine House is a book that I read that does have a gay character. It's definitely not a gay book, but you know. We'll we'll (laughs) allow it here. The Brilliant Death, I think we've mentioned previously, has not one but two gender-fluid characters written in ways that I really appreciate, so that's a really good book.
0: Written by a non-binary individual.
1: Written by a non-binary individual, hell yeah. So now we're getting into when I was, like, actively looking for really good queer and non-binary, like, non-cis rep. Mm -hmm. Earlier in the year, I was like, just give me that good, good gay romance. Like, I don't care. I can't think. Then I got a little bit better with the whole pandemic situation (laughs) and started to, like, crave actually good representation not just young gays falling in love (laughs) i mean it's also fun but it's not it's not as deep yeah so next up is an unkindness of ghosts which has a beautiful story of gender bending though gender is by far not the focus.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it has kind of an intersex narrative to it, too. And that's
1: what I was going to say. So it has, it has, um, yeah, an intersex, sorry, I thought you said intersectionality. That's how I processed it, because it also has an intersectionality focus mm-hmm. between race and class and um, gender bending. Gender is never really the focus. It has more of a analogy to a caste system mm-hmm. and how, low-key a little bit, how capitalism sets up caste caste system yeah it's kind of the overarching analogy of the yeah. book
0: but the main character is actively bisexual oh intersex. For sure. most a lot of the characters are intersex or gender fluid a lot of them are like.
1: intersex but they're intersex because of part of the caste system that's they? true like they're not intersex because like it's great representation they're intersex because they were made to be that way but also the main character is on hormones
0: Is on hormones that's true and the main character is on the autism spectrum.
1: Yes. And yeah, and definitely there are a couple of lines about her gender. She uses she, her, her gender that are like, she doesn't feel like any gender, basically, and what yeah. them boil down to. So it is, it's a really interesting intersectional look yeah. at gender.
0: Yeah. Um, it's, not the, it's not the most fun book.
1: It is not the most fun book.
0: But it is very
1: it's very good, and it's very. It's the racial perspective on it is really well written. The uh, author, I don't know what their pronouns are, it doesn't say here, but they describe themselves as a dyke, an anarchist, a she beast, an exile, a shiv, a wreck, and a refugee of the transatlantic slave trade. Well, there you go. There we go. <laughs> They're incredible. The book is incredible. They actually. they... We're, we're sneaking into the sneak peeks of books that I still want to read. But they wrote another book in 2020, which won a Lambda Literary, literary Award, which I don't know what it is, but...
0: I believe is one of the queer literary awards. There's a handful mm-hmm. of those.
1: It's about enslaved people who chose to jump over the side of ships rather than continued to be enslaved and went, sunk down to the bottom of the ocean, and built a utopia. Which sounds phenomenal. Haven't read that. It's called The Deep. River Solomon, 10 out of 10, very much just. Yes. Ooh. And the next book I read was a graphic novel. I started getting into graphic novels. It's called On a Sunbeam. Mm. It's phenomenal. It's stunning. It's not that gay, but there is a character who is non-binary and uses they/them pronouns and goes by L, which <laughs> I just appreciated. <laughs> um and one of the ways that they set up an antagonist as being bad is by that person refusing to use L's proper pronouns, which I just always think is a fun, easy way of showing solidarity. And like the whole crew is like, you have to refer to like, they use they them. It's yeah. great. Then I read another graphic novel called Gender Queer, which is really good. It tells It's a memoir of the author who is also non-binary and uses E.M. Air pronouns. It is really good. It has some triggering stuff in it that I didn't really appreciate, especially around past smears, so just an FYI. But it was good. And I read Parable of the Sower, which itself is not that gay, but it's written by Octavia Butler, so it falls into the queer category as far as I'm concerned. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, if you've never read anything by Octavia Butler, go read it. And also, I'm sorry that the English canon has failed you, because if we weren't the society that we were. Octavia mm. Butler would be required reading. <laughs> yeah, you
0: would have read it at Octavia Butler in high school if right. the canon wasn't.
1: But she's a black letters. woman, so <laughs> you can't read her in high school. That's only for like black studies classes. Yeah, um, Parable of the Sower is like people genuinely follow it like a religious text. Like I'm not kidding. It's it's that type of book. There's a full following behind it, and for good reason. But the first book of hers I read was the time traveling one kindred kindred which is phenomenal and more of like a straight up and down sci-fi novel as written by a black woman so like you know how we're all like oh i would love to be able to live in a world where you can time travel yes that gets a little bit more complicated if you're talking about the u.s and you are not white Mm -hmm. because time travel gets a little bit more complicated yeah and this book deals with that next up i read bloom which is an incredible gay rom-com but as a graphic novel this time 10 out of 10 then how long till black future month which we talked about Ooh, I also read a book called *Felix Ever After*, which is a phenomenal gay rom com, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but with the added twist that the main character is on a gender journey. So he starts out um, identifying as a trans man, but that doesn't isn't quite fitting him just right yet. Um, and ends up coming out as another identity. I won't, I'm not going to spoil that for you. But I really appreciate that as somebody who's non-binary and has felt pressure of like, if I want to be able to medically transition, do I have to feel like I am like binarily trans? I know that that is a struggle that a lot of people encounter, and this book is really great for it.
0: Right. And I will say just to tie this episode as it stands back to our general podcast topic, reading these sorts of books... Is a really powerful way to explore your gender or help at least see portrayals of yourself. Yeah, seeing yourself in fiction is powerful.
1: Yes, and also literally, I'm gonna get to this, but recently I've just been looking for books that use uh, specifically zem, or yeah, zem, uh, pronouns. Yeah. Because I don't know how they work grammatically. I remember the first time I read "Girl, Woman, Other" that had they, them pronouns used consistently, like. It took me so much longer to just, like, read a paragraph, because I was like, who, like, my brain kept being like, who are we talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Which, like, isn't anything against, like, me and my brain. It's not like I was doing something wrong, but I just had never seen those words used that way. So it was really helpful, and very helpful in me, you know, coming to terms with the fact that I wanted to go by they-them. Like, yeah. I also read a book called Non-binary Memoirs of Gender and Identity. It's nonfiction. It's phenomenal. It is, um, about older non-binary people. It is a book, basically, that is a fuck you to the idea that non-binary is, like, a new fad. That, like, all the young people are just, like, identifying as non-binary. Because, like, it's new. It's not new. It's been around. (laughs) And Non-binary Memoirs of Gender and Identity goes to prove that. And, like, talks to people who are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, and very annoyed with this concept that non-binary people are only under the age of 25. Also read a book called Dreadnought. That was a trans one, right? It was a trans one. It was a trans rom com, basically, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. It was. It was about a trans girl who, at the same time, magically had her body transformed into a cis woman's body and became a superhero. And like, it really tried to have some great themes. It did some of them landed. Some of it just felt really kitschy, though. So, mm. you know,
0: it's not that yeah. even out there? It was written by a trans woman author, and we always support yeah. trans women authors and general gender non-conforming or gender expansive authors, so...
1: That's a fact and a half. Um, I read a book called The Black Tides of Heaven that was supposed to be non-binary, but it wasn't really, and mm. that was disappointing.
0: Interesting. Why wasn't it non-binary?
1: It was, like, it was supposed to be non-binary because it's in a society where children are genderless until they choose their gender, and they can choose their gender at any point, at which point they'll be given hormones to, like, transform their body into that, into that gender,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which, like, okay, that's, like, a, that's a good, like, fantasy take on gender non I guess, and it's about twins, and one of the twins decides to be a woman, and, like, the other twin feels very left behind, because the other twin doesn't want to choose a gender. Okay. But then she does.
0: Oh.
1: And it was just... And so nobody ends up being non-binary. I mean, I guess it had some, like, gender explorations to some extent, but it was disappointing for me wanting it to be actually gender not gender non-conforming. Interesting. It did not end up being gender non-conforming. Hashtag spoilers. <gasps> hashtag, yeah, hashtag entire spoilers. So sorry. Um, red, white, and rural blue. My favorite... Is that true? Probably. Yeah, I think that's assault. I think it's my favorite gay rom-com.
0: Yeah. Besides, maybe I wish to all the best, but I wish all the best wasn't really a rom-com. It was just, like, a legitimately heartwarming coming-of-age novel. Yeah, no.
1: Red, White, and Royal Blue is hella just a straight-up-and-down rom-com, but also kind of like an AU about if Hillary won the election, so there's that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, Untamed is a beautiful memoir of a lesbian woman. Fantastic, strongly suggest. A Long Way to a Small Angry Planet is a book that I'm still reading. I just finished the second book in the series. It's hella gay, yeah, it's pretty
0: gay. So I mean, I I just started it. I am currently loving the first couple chapters of it.
1: It's pretty gay. It yeah. uses the them pronouns, and that's what I'm really on right now. That's right. what I want.
0: Right. And Which it, is, I mean, it's power. I, like you mentioned with the they them from Groom and other like the first time that you start using these pronouns, sometimes it can be really difficult. Right. Switching pronouns you- is not necessarily easy, especially when it's not a pronoun that you are personally familiar with. And a really good way to get personally familiar with the pronoun set is to read it. Right.
1: And that's all the gay books I've read this year. Yay! Yay!
0: As you noticed, that was a lot less than... Um, 107.
1: Our... Oof, God, how did you read so many books? Y'all, don't tempt me. I will release a podcast with just me telling you about every book I've read this year.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, so how did you how did you feel about the gay literature you read this year?
1: So I feel like I sort gay literature into a couple of categories. There's gay literature that's actively problematic. So there are a couple that I didn't finish and therefore didn't say on this, mm-hmm. um, that like, I felt had actively problematic portrayals of, especially gender non-conforming.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember one that like, continuously talked about how the main character couldn't breathe when he was binding, and I was like, that's not an acceptable thing to put out there. You yeah. should be able to breathe when you're binding. Yeah. PSA. <laughs> so things like that. I, I will stop reading books if I feel like they're harmful like that. So that's one category of queer literature. And then I think that there's another category of queer literature that's basically just straight rom-coms, but they're both gay. And I think that's great. I yeah. read a lot of it. It doesn't mean a lot to me anymore. It's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, especially when there's no homophobia involved. Like those are my favorites, like Red, White, and Royal Blue one of the sides of the family is homophobic, but that's not the main plot point. Like, homophobia is not the main plot point. Yeah. The main plot point is that it's the prince and the son of the U.S. US president. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, just, like, fun, light rom-coms are another thing I read a lot of. And then the third category, which is my favorite category, and the hardest to find, unfortunately, is genuine and like, loving portrayals of non-cis and, if we're going to be real honest, non-binary people. Yeah. That's what I really appreciate. Binary trans stories can be sometimes difficult for me to read because I feel like I should connect with them and I so desperately do not. Mm. But genuine portrayals that are, like, I say loving in the way of, like, usually that means being written by somebody who's non-binary or gender non-conforming in some shade that means that the book isn't just about their gender. Or if it is just about their gender, it's in a like loving, positive way. That means very few trauma scenes. Like I I can allow that like, for instance, my favorite book in this category, I Wish You All The Best does open with the main character being kicked out of their home. Like their family doesn't accept them. And that's horrible. And like, I hate scenes like that, but I understand if your book needs like one or maybe two of them to like set up the story. But then in I Wish You All The Best, for the rest of it, everybody's loving and accepting of them, yeah. more or less. Like more or less. they they have a they have a um, second family. I think it's an older sibling that takes them in, and yeah. her her husband. Like everybody isn't like immediately on the up and up about what it means to be non-binary, but they're all trying to learn, and it's more growing pains than like uh, bigotry. <laughs> yeah, yes. and I think that's what I mean by loving is like these like compassionate and genuine showings of people's gender journeys that I really love finding books like that. Mm-hmm. Alternatively, I do appreciate books that have characters who are gender non-conforming, but don't give a shit about that fact. So, mm-hmm. um, The small, the Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, the second book in that series, has a character who is a different species. It's a space opera-esque book. <laughs> um, has a character who is a different species who changes sexes. And it never really dives into whether or not that means that they really change gender. Mm -hmm. But they change sex. So their pronouns change regularly. Like every chapter they have a different, they have he, she, or z, And it's just never addressed. Just all the characters just regularly switch their pronouns up for this person and like it's chill. And so I do love things like that as well that are like, we don't have to talk about it. This is just normal. It can just be normal to be gender nonconforming. Yeah. And then of course like I try to read some like non fiction stuff around gender nonconforming identities, but that's a little bit harder because the real world can be tough for gender nonconforming identities. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a gender nonconforming identity in the real world. So sometimes I'm like do I really want to read about how hard it is to live the life that I am living? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, I I've grown less and less and less tolerant of um, white cis straight reading Mm
2: -hmm. and I
1: know Josie you've come along on this journey with me as we've tried to read more non-cis authors and as we've tried to read more non-white authors as we've learned what it looks like to write fantasy and sci-fi from the point of view of a group of people who are oppressed in the real world i.e. not white cis straight people. Yep. And so much of what we usually, we as a society usually read in terms of fantasy and sci-fi, like, just doesn't make sense if you're not white and straight. Like, again, like, to um, Kindred by Octavia Butler, like, so much of, like, time-traveling sci-fi is, like, this assumes that all the characters have to be white, because if you weren't white and you time-traveled back to the 1800s, you would have, it wouldn't be a great experience. Yeah. You know? And, like yeah I think that I think that reading books written by people who inherently are aware of that is beneficial yeah
0: I feel that that makes
1: sense congrats to people who listened to that entire list y'all are the realest
0: thank you very much for listening to this episode of gender journeys the podcast where we talk about just what the heck gender actually is in context as always I am one of your hosts Josie and I'm joined by your other host my lovely partner Elle
1: thanks again y'all
0: And I hope you all had a, had happy holidays and that you all are going towards 2021, uh, in a good position and- And with new books! And with new books and (laughs) that you all have a happy new year. And until next time- (gasps) Just keep reading! About it. (laughs) Bye y'all. Music for Gender Journeys, composed by Sonia Badash. If you want to stay up to date with Gender Journeys episodes, or just want to say hi, you can follow us on Twitter at gender underscore journeys, or on Tumblr at genderjourneys.tumblr.com. You can also find us online at josywritescom genderjourneys. We hope to hear from you soon.